What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Sarah McKibben on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Sarah, I'm just going to toss at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay, so I'll start with my husband. Um, We met back in May of 2014. Um, I had moved to, I'm from Southern California, and I moved to Eugene, Oregon, and I was working as a leasing agent at that time. And he was doing summer help because we have like one big move out and one big move in. So he was working for summer help. Um, and we just kind of got to know each other that way, just as friends. And then in November of 2014, we had started dating. And then December of 2016, we got engaged and then got married June 2nd of last year, 2018. Um, Josh is from a really big family. So he has four siblings and then he has, I can't, eight nieces and nephews. So he has um, a lot on his side as my family <clears throat> don't really have small children around yet. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and so Josh always knew that he wanted kids. Like if he had it his way, we would have had kids like four years ago. Um, but I knew for a long time that I would want to wait until I was older and um, living in Oregon, my family's not from there. So I for sure wanted to be back in California before we had kids. So I, he had luckily decided to wait until I was ready. And so January of, la- of this year, 2019, um, well, actually in December of 2018, Josh got a job offer in Southern California for a maintenance supervisor position, which is what he was doing um, up in Oregon for a property in Riverside. And at first we had said, no, it just wasn't good timing because we had moving back to California is a little difficult just because of how expensive it is. Um, But then the, uh, the property manager quit and they actually offered that to me because I had previously worked for the company. So Within three weeks, we had all of our stuff packed up after five years in Oregon, um, and we were moving to Southern California. And um, I should actually go back a little bit. We had made the decision to not start trying, but like not prevent it um, in October of 2018. So I'd gone off birth control, and we were just like seeing what would happen. But with the move to California, we were going to be moving into, we went from like a townhouse to an apartment and one room was going to be just storage. So it was like, I didn't want to move and have to deal, like, I didn't want to be pregnant and moving all of these boxes and driving, like we had the worst move, like driving for over 24 hours. I didn't want to do all that pregnant. So we took a little bit of a break, um, about two months, um, And then another thing that had happened is I had been on birth control for a while, just the pill, and I skipped my periods on it 
because I hated them. And once I went off of the pill, I had, I would say that my period didn't return until November. Um, and then I had my period every 10 days, like religiously every 10 days. So even though we were trying, um, I'm assuming that obviously nothing was happening because my body was probably a little confused on what was happening. So it wasn't until February of 2019 where my cycle regulated out and I finally started having, um, I would say like 20, about 29 day cycles is where I had landed starting in February. So um, in my head, you know, we've been trying since October, but my body wasn't fully ready until February or March. So then in May, um, we had a corporate visit from someone. She um, was our regional manager and has moved up in the company. We had a visit from her and she's a big wino. So we were like out drinking wine with her and hanging out. And then since Josh, my husband, isn't from California, I wanted to, I don't know, like make him love it, like see what else there was. So we decided to go to Knott's Berry Farm and like ride all the big roller coasters to just like do something other than whatever was in Riverside. Like we just wanted to get out. Um, and then we did like a night with our friends. So this was all within like a three week span in May where we had like the visit and we were like drinking wine all week and then went to Knott's Berry Farm and then had a night with friends just at our house drinking and hanging out. Um, and then May 30th, I got a positive pregnancy test. And I actually, um, it's funny looking at how I am now, but before that, it w- I don't think that I tested until uh, eight days after my missed period because my boobs always get sore before my period starts. So that wasn't like an alarming symptom to me till my boobs hurt. And then um, I felt like mild cramping. So I always was just like, oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. And when it didn't, I just decided I'd taken so many pregnancy tests at that point that I had decided that I would take one and I was gonna, I was getting into the shower, took the test and then just like put it down. And right before I got in, I was like, oh, let me just throw it away real fast. I picked it up and looked at it and it was a clear blue one. So it said pregnant and I just stared at it for what felt like an hour. And it was probably closer to like 30 seconds. Um, and I obviously didn't believe it. So I like shut off the shower, threw on clothes, uh, not looking all that great. Cause I don't even know what I put on and ran down to Rite Aid to get another box of pregnancy tests and took three or four more of them. I don't remember. I took a solid amount more and I had always, so all of them came back. Like it was the first response one. So they had like the two dark lines super quickly. So I was going to, in my perfect world, I would have waited to tell my husband, um, in like a cute way, but I luckily had a onesie that said, hello, daddy on it. And the issue was that our um, anniversary was a few days later and we had bought tickets to the Temecula Wine and Balloon Festival. And it was going to be super suspicious if I 
wasn't drinking at the one place that like I was dying to go to. So we like put the pregnancy test in a like freezer bag and then put the onesie on top of it and surprised him when he got home. And he was super excited. We both are super excited. Um, but also we're just like, we couldn't believe that it had happened. We, I don't know. It, we were like in a state of shock for a while. So um, I had been scared of having a miscarriage for a while. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like everybody else says, like, I didn't think it was going to happen to me because my two best friends were pregnant at the time and everything was great with them. And then like two of my sister-in-laws just had kids and there was all these people around me having kids and everyone else was fine. So like, why should I have anything to worry about? And I am someone who gets myself like super worked up super quickly. So I was like, okay, Sarah, you're just working yourself up. Everything's going to be fine. Um, so June 1st was the day that we were going to the Temecula Wine and Balloon Festival. So we went to that um, and we just like, Josh had done some wine tastings. We had just hung out, but I had felt like super exhausted. I had the like horrible heartburn. So we were wanting to stay all night and I only lasted like maybe half the day. I think we ended up at home by like 6 p.m. because I just wanted to go to bed. Um, so that was all fine. And then we went up to, my parents live in a mountain town. So we went up to Big Bear the weekend of June 6th. Um, we went up there to hang out with my parents. Uh, Josh may have been helping my dad with something. So I spent time with my mom. We went on a hike and since she's in a mountain town, the hike is up a like ski hill, like for a ski resort. So we went up that, everything was fine, hung out with them. And then on the night of June 8th, I had a dream that I was having a miscarriage. And I had convinced myself that I was being dramatic, again, because I tend to get myself worked up. But it was just like the strangest feeling. And I woke up I like went to the bathroom really quick to check to see if there's any blood. Nothing was there. Cause in the dream, I was like bleeding a ton. So I, at that point was kind of convinced like, no, you're, this is just your anxiety, like creeping in to your dreams. Um, so then on June 9th, we decided we headed back down the mountain, um, to go home and they were putting a signal in at the very bottom of the mountain and it's only like one lane going down one lane going up so them putting in a signal like caused a huge amount of like backup and to the point that we were like sitting like parked on the side of the mountain people were getting out of their cars with their kids and like walking around and we had we were getting closer to where the signal was um but still a ton of traffic and I kept having these like awful cramps that would come and go like it would hurt for a while and I kind of have to like hold almost hold on to something and be like oh this is uncomfortable and then it would go away and so I, I told Josh and he thought that like everything was probably fine because he knows how I am too and I was like I don't know just something feels weird and I know that some cramping can be normal but like this really hurts. Like it would, I couldn't talk. I would literally just like sit there as it was going on. So I decided to call it, this was a Sunday. 
Um, so I decided to call my doctor's office and on the side of the mountain, you don't have service. Like you go in and out of service a ton. So that was difficult. So I called them and I just told her that I was having some cramping, but there was no bleeding. And so she called my doctor, called me back to ask some more questions. I honestly can't even remember what she asked me now. Called my doctor back and then called me. And by the last time she had called me, um, I think that we had gone through the signal. Um, and she had told me to go, to, that the doctor wanted me to go to the hospital. And that scared the living heck out of me because I just sorry. Um, I didn't know what was going on. The only thing I had to hold on to was that I wasn't bloating. Um, sorry. So we were in the car and we had our dogs in the car and it's like where we live, it was like a hundred degrees. So I'm sitting there just praying to God, like, please do not take this baby from me. Like, I will do anything. Just don't take this baby from me. Um, so my husband gets me to, we go to Redlands Community Hospital. And he has to drop me off because we can't just leave our dogs in the 100 degree weather. And luckily, we don't live, um, there's actually like a back way to get to our house from Redlands. So we don't live too far. But I could only imagine what was going through his head as he's like dropping me off at the hospital with this hysterical mess. Um, and he has to come home and drop our dogs off before driving all the way back to the hospital. So I get checked in, like I get myself together, thank God. So I get checked in um, and the hospital is kind of um, like a a really blurry time because everything kind of happened quickly but slow but I was like so emotional that um like I can't remember all the pieces so I'm sitting there waiting to be seen by somebody um they take me back all the it's really strange in Redlands like there's a waiting room with another waiting room and then the rooms are all on the right side and it's like just frosted glass in there so you can't see anything but they get me into one of those rooms and two doctors come in, they're asking me questions. At this point, I still, I'm, I, in my head, I'm not bleeding. Like I didn't think that I was. So they had me go pee in a cup. Um, and there was just so much blood, like way more than I've ever seen. So I had to like cry for a second, get myself together. Um, and then put the sample away, went back in, told the doctor that I was bleeding. Um, and then wasn't doing well from there either. Like I just kind of lost it. So he was like feeling around um, and then had me right away, instead of going back to the waiting room, he had me go to get a blood test. Um, and a fun fact about me is that I have an insane, like irrational fear of needles. Um, so if I get my blood drawn or get a shot, like it's, I'm almost 27 years old and it's still like a dramatic scene if someone's going to take my blood um and at that point I didn't even care I was just like do whatever whatever you got to do um and the lady was so the lady who took my blood was so sweet like she was just like having me like repeat my name to try to calm down um she was just the best so they took my blood and 
I think at that point I had gone back in the waiting room and Josh, um, no, Josh was still not there. I had gone back to the waiting room and then they called me to do an ultrasound. So they wheeled me down, downstairs to do that. Um, and so they did the one over the belly first. No, I'm sorry. I went to the bathroom first and I'm fair, like something came out and I'm fairly convinced that it was like the sack that had the baby in it. Um, I don't know why it was just like, I mean, it could have just been tissue passing, but the way that it looked, there was just something about it. And I just felt it in my soul. Like it's done. Like it passed. So I'd gone to the bathroom. Um, and then she had done the ultrasound I couldn't find anything. And I told her, I was like, I think it's gone to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I think I already passed it. Um, and so then she did the, um, I don't know what it's called the vaginal ultrasound. Um, she did that one and was like looking around taking pictures. I never saw the screen, even if it was pointed at me, like I was crying so hard that I couldn't see anything. Um, so she did that one and then I went upstairs. Um, and then that's when Josh had gotten back. So everything that I think everything between the doctor seeing me, the blood test and the ultrasound probably only took about 20 minutes. Like they got me through really quickly. Um, so I get back out to the waiting room waiting for Josh. Um, so he gets there and then I don't know. I don't necessarily remember how we left. I know that the doctor had gotten my, um, HCG levels back. And I want to say they were low, like two to 300, but I, I still like, I don't exactly remember what he was saying to me. Cause I just wanted to leave at that point. Cause I already knew what had happened. So he had told me, and then he was like, come back in two days and we're going to do another blood draw. I was like, okay. So we left the hospital. Um, and my mom knew that I was there, but the problem with me is I'm pretty good at, um, most of the time at shoving my emotions down really, really deep. And it comes out in anger. So um, I remember being emotional, talking to my mom, and she was asking me questions, and I don't remember what question she was asking me. And I just remember saying, like, I don't know, mom, I'm having miscarriage. Like, that's all that I know. And it's not like my mom had deserved that. Like, I, she was probably just asking if I was okay, but I just couldn't be on the phone. Like, I had her call, and then, um, sorry, it's like, really hard for me to talk about. I haven't told this story before. Um, right after that, my, I had texted my, um, two best friends. I think we had told Josh's family too. I think we had just started sending out texts. I know that I told my two best friends and my mom, um, I think Josh handled the rest of his family. I don't remember. Um, but my best friend called me and she's actually, um, and both of my best friends are sisters and one of them's a labor and delivery nurse. So she was, I'm so grateful for her. She was trying to be really positive for me. And I really appreciated it, but, um, because she knows that I'm someone who goes worst case scenario right away. And she obviously didn't have all the details of like, 
what I had seen and what was going on. So she was staying really positive. It was just great. And then um, I had talked to my sister-in-law as well, who has gone through this twice. Like, um, so we talked to her and I'm just not good on the phone. Like, um, cause I don't like crying. And just at that point, everything was so fresh that it was really hard to talk about. Um, and so I just kind of like gave them a little bit of what was going on and we had gone home and I think it was pretty late at this point, maybe like, I don't know, like six o'clock. I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs barking in the background. They're freaking out outside. Oh no, you're good. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Hey guys, sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are blessed enough to have a brand sponsoring us today that I personally highly recommend, and that is Fairhaven Health. Many of you have probably seen my YouTube video reviewing their Baby Dance Fertility Friendly Lubricant, but let's talk a bit about them as a company. As a trusted leader in reproductive health, Fairhaven's natural products are developed and formulated in partnership with trusted medical experts, including doctors, OBGYNs, nutritionists, and naturopaths. From top fertility supplements for both men and women, FH Pro and Fertilade, to Isolove, Isotonic Vaginal Health Gels, and Fertility-Friendly Lubricant, and Milky's Nursing Support Products, Fairhaven supports your entire journey into parenthood and beyond. After you make a purchase, Fairhaven offers a full access to its knowledgeable and friendly in-house customer service team who are always happy to assist. Check out their wide variety of products using the link in the description of this episode. Thank you, Fairhaven, and thank you to all the listeners supporting our sponsors as it helps us continue to provide this content to us all for free now let's get back to it so we had gotten home and I just like threw on pajamas and got in bed and I'm guessing knowing me I probably put on friends because that's just like the show that I tend to go to and just I feel like I went to bed at that point I don't know if I ate or anything I think I just went to bed and so noting that this is happening in June, me and my husband work at the same property. I'm his manager. And I don't remember what was going on at work the next day, but I remember that Josh had to be there. Like I remember, um, it w- I remember like looking at it from a manager point of view, I was like, you, you have to be here, be at work for X, Y, and Z, like whatever it was, I remember it was really important. So Josh didn't even take a day off. He like had to go back to work that next day. Um, and he was really sweet because he would come home on his like lunch and bring me food. And, um, I, so I had stayed home those two days and I mean, truly the only thing I remember is like crying, being in bed and sleeping like that's all I did for about two days but then I also um knew that I had a meet like a it was actually a meeting with my regional manager on that Wednesday and again I don't remember what the meeting was about but I knew that I really he's um he's a really busy person so he's a lot harder to like work around a schedule as I'm easier um And so I remember that I was like, I have to be in this meeting on Wednesday. So, um, sorry, bounce around a lot. So if we go back to Tuesday, we went back to the hospital and I somehow was able to like really get it together because I didn't want to, I didn't 
want Josh to know like how upset I still was. So I pulled myself together. We went to the hospital. They did my blood draw. And what was really cool was the the, um, nurse who had taken my blood the first time and knew what a mess I was um, actually saw my name on a chart. And she was the one, um, the door, they have like two doors in their rooms. So the back door opens and I was like, I'm just letting you guys all know right now. I don't do needles well. Like I cry, I scream. It's a dramatic scene to say the least. And I just hear a voice like, oh, I remember you from the other day. Like I saw your name on the chart. So I wanted to come in. And I'm so grateful because um, she was just so sweet and she got it on the first try. Thank God, because I would have been able to handle more than one try. So they took my blood and brought me back to the waiting room. Um, And I think we waited for like two or three hours um, at the hospital. And then they brought me, the doctor brought me back into a room and told me that like my levels had gone down. I think that they were pretty close to zero at that point if they weren't already. And like told me that it was a miscarriage. Um, And I'm really grateful for him because he was like, we have to get you like discharged from the hospital and do all this paperwork, but I don't wanna make you sit out in this waiting room with a bunch of people after going through all of this. So I'll deal with the paperwork and I'm gonna let you just go home. And I was like, thank God, because when we were there before, it was like a quite a few hours of just like waiting for answers. And like everyone, everybody has to ask you why you're there like a thousand times. And I'm like, can you just look at my chart? Like, I can't keep saying it out loud. So he let us go home and still kept it together. Um, so we decided to go to the movies um, to see Aladdin or something. I don't remember. And, um, was fine through that. And then the drive home, I just, I thought I was keeping it together, but I just lost it all over again. Um, and it's not like any, it's not like my husband had expected me to be okay that early. So I just like sobbed the whole way home, um, and went to bed pretty early that day so that I could go to work the next day. So I only took two days off of work and looking back, I should have probably taken a full week like I was not in any position to go back to work um but I knew that I really needed to be in this meeting and my company is super amazing in the fact that everyone's really close like um uh Kelly who's one of the regionals at that time I had been really close to for a long time and then my regional I'd um gotten to know him really well so when I went into the meeting with um with my regional that day on Wednesday. He had known what was going on already. Um, and with just like, I remember he said something super encouraging and then we went about our business and he understood. I told him, I was like, I am only like 50% of a manager right now. Cause I don't know. I just, I feel like I shouldn't have been at work and I couldn't focus on anything else. Like I could get the, the things that had to be done done but anything beyond that like my I just couldn't quite handle so we go through all of that um and so Father's Day was coming up right that right around then and I think it was the week 
after that, it was Father's Day. So we went back down to the desert to Palm Springs with my parents to have Father's Day. And it was the strangest feeling because it, like a few weeks prior, like we thought that Josh would be able to like, you know, kind of celebrate Father's Day because he was going to be one. And so here we are sitting on Father's Day with like, luckily like we were with my dad, but it was just kind of weird being there after everything that had gone on. Um, so that was super strange. And then I, of course, at that point, like had started going through all the reasons that it was my fault. Um, the doctors had told me, my husband had told me, my sister-in-law had told me, like all these people are telling me like, this is not your fault. And the most, like I had to write it down because I actually had written a note for it to ask my doctor the next time I get pregnant. Um, if sneezing too much or blowing my nose too hard caused it. Like on the list of irrational things, those were my two big ones because I have really bad allergies. So I was fully convinced that the nights that I was blowing my nose really hard uh, basically caused my miscarriage. And I had it like as the first thing to ask my doctor, like if I sneeze too much, what's going to happen? Um, between that and then also that week before, like I had been drinking wine. I had been on roller coasters, like you name it, I did it. And everyone always says like, I was doing shots before I found out I was pregnant. I was doing this before I found out I was pregnant and everything was fine. But for me, since everything wasn't fine, I was like, nope, X, Y, and Z, all of these reasons are why I did, I had this miscarriage. Um, I was convinced that God was mad at me. Like, like I'm a Christian. Um, and so I was convinced that like that one time when I was 18 and said, I didn't know if I wanted to have kids, like he was punishing me for that. So I mean, I was going far back to like anything I could think of to blame myself for what had happened. Um, and luckily my husband's amazing and kept telling me like, this isn't your fault. This isn't your fault. Like things just happen. Um, but I went down a very hefty list and I, um, I had spent quite a bit of time just like mad at God, like so mad that I'm like screaming in my car, like just talking about how unfair my life is pretty much just like yelling because how could he do something like this to me? Like, why does he think that I'm the person who can go through this kind of pain? Um, especially when he knows how like emotional I am. And then also around that time. So my two best friends are pregnant. My sister-in-law found out she was pregnant. Um, I think a month after my miscarriage and then just Honestly, everyone and their mothers was all of a sudden pregnant. There was a new pregnancy announcement almost every day to the point that I had took social media off my phone for a while because I just didn't, I couldn't look at it anymore. And so I had taken it off my phone. Um, and the only thing that kind of, so my two best friends, like they mean the world to me. So I like, what I was really grateful for was as soon as it happened, they both completely stopped talking to me about their pregnancies. Um, and I'm grateful for that because I knew I needed it, but I would have never asked them if they could kind of like take a step back. They just did it. And they would only tell me things if I would ask them, like if I asked them to send me an ultrasound picture, if I asked them how they were feeling, then they would tell me, but they weren't just like texting me out of nowhere. Um, like tell me what was going on. So I was really grateful for that. And then they had both told me like, if you don't want to do the baby showers anymore, that's totally fine. But I feel like, 
I love party planning. So I feel like kind of throwing myself into their baby showers was the thing that kept me together through both of the baby showers. Cause at, during them, I was so focused on like, okay, now we've got games. We've got to get food out. We have this to do. We have gifts. We have pictures, all of these different things. So I was able to stay like hyper-focused on making sure that they were having a good time, that their showers were put together well. Um, and I didn't have to like kind of face what I was dealing with at that time. Um, but then the downside of that is once I would get home to like drive home, I would just like sob in my car, like the whole hour drive home. But I was able to keep it together for them. So that's, um, that was good for me. And then after that dream about having a miscarriage, like I feel like I'm a little hyper-focused on the dreams that I do have. And I've had some about like telling my two best friends that I'm pregnant. I've had dreams about seeing a positive pregnancy test. I've had all of these things that like give me a little bit of hope still that like this isn't over. Like I still have, there's still a chance that I could have kids later. Um, but I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. So I actually ordered after listening to your podcast on it, I ordered modern, the modern fertility test. Um, and sent that in the only thing that came, everything was normal, which was super irritating. Like I would have killed for like something to be off. And the only thing that was a little off was my prolactin was a little high, but it was still within normal range. So I felt like I didn't, I wish that something had been wrong. That was easy to fix it. Um, and then I had also ordered the Ava bracelet recently. I'm only a month in on that. Um, and so I, I actually have a doctor's appointment in January to see what's going on because it, in January, it will have been, um, 16 months of us trying. Um, so, sh and I'm really lucky that the doctor that I go to is also one of my friends goes to her. Um, this friend is so sweet. And she said that this doctor is one to just like run every test in the book to figure out what's going on. Like she's not someone who waits, like she will do everything to figure out what, um, like what's happening and why we aren't getting pregnant. So that's kind of where we are right now. Um, I take ovulation tests, like they're going out of style. I take pregnancy tests, like they're going out of style. I'm like in my two week wait right now. So I'm just super anxious and, uh, decide to like take tests all the time, even though like before this, I was like, mm, I'll be able to wait until after my missed period to take a pregnancy test. And like, as soon as my miscarriage happened, like that flew right out the window. Like, I feel like I'm literally keeping first response alive with how many tests I take. <laughs> we all are. We all are. <laughs> Every time. And the worst part is I always go to the same store because I don't think about it ahead and like order them from Amazon. And if I did, I share it with my mom. So she would think that I was crazy. Um, I literally I, <laughs> got my own Amazon account because we shared with our family too. And like straight up, I decided to switch and get my own just for pregnancy tests. I know. <laughs> I like keep thinking about it because I'm like, my mom's going to think that I'm a lunatic if I keep like ordering them. But every time there's a Rite Aid down my street. So I go in there to get them and I get the same checker every single time. And this guy's probably like, 
okay, girl, like how many times are you going to come in here? Find four boxes of pregnancy tests. And I'm always like, please open up another lane. Like, he, and I swear he sees me like, oh, she's back. She's back to find more pregnancy tests. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh gosh, like, I don't know. So yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's basically everything that happened. Oh goodness. I can relate to your story, like every detail of it. Um, so I appreciate you jumping on and sharing because I'm just over here like nodding my head viciously. Um, (laughs) but I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Yeah. So, um, I had written down to just give yourself some grace through it. Um, cause you like, if you've been through this, like you have been to hell and back. Like, I truly don't think there's anything like a lower point. And, um, a big thing for me is that there were some people in my life that would say very wrong, inappropriate things, like asking me about like when my due date would have been, when this would have happened, like just, and it like things that trigger you to remind you of what had happened without thinking that like what they're saying is hurtful. Um, just like super inappropriate things. So if there's somebody in your life that isn't understanding, isn't trying to understand who is expecting you to move on quicker than what you can is kind of being that like person that gives you anxiety, like to talk to because you're scared they're going to say something that's going to trigger you to kind of let them go no matter who they are, because they're not someone, if they're not going to support you through this, they're not going to support you later on. And to just give your time to be selfish and to heal in your own time, in your own way, whatever that looks like. Yes, I totally agree. If somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, Probably Instagram. I don't really look at Facebook all that much. So Instagram is probably the best way. Okay, so I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. Good luck with your two-week wait. Thank you. (laughs) Keep me posted. Okay, thank you so much, Shelly. Yes, you bet. And hopefully we'll do an update episode at some point. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 